0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to HR Bytes, a podcast and video series to bring you stories of HR professionals who bring a think globally and act locally digital HR agenda to their work. Everyday people who are driving digital transformations in their organizations. Data-driven and future-fit digital HR leaders. This is your host, Jay polaki and today's guest is Jeffrey Shapiro. Jeffrey is an experienced talent acquisition leader who deeply believes in challenging the status quo. He has spent 15 years in healthcare and currently works as the Director of Talent Acquisition with RadNet, a publicly traded organization consisting of about 8,500 employees from coast to coast. Welcome to HR Bytes, Jeff. So happy to have you on the show today.
1: I'm flattered for having me. Thank you. My pleasure.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Could you tell us a little more about the work you're doing and you know your role in your company right now?
1: Yeah, so RadNet is uh, publicly traded. We are outpatient based diagnostic imaging, which if you think about healthcare right now specifically, it, all you hear about with the pandemic is x-rays, x-rays. Um, while that is high volume, we are also in mammography, MRI, CT, nuclear medicine, PET scans. So that's a little bit about the organization. My team right now supports our East Coast operations, which is Roughly, I'm going to say around 270 outpatient imaging centers. Um, In terms of recruitment efforts, it is frontline staff, patient-facing, it is high-level C-suite, marketing. We run the gamut of just basically anything that works for the organization. We try to control it internally, in-house, through our own CA team.
0: This must be a really, really busy time for your organization. Uh, you know, uh, not just with the pandemic, but if if I, um, you know, can talk about all the other stuff that's going on in the world and the different variants of everything that's coming out of this, uh, you know, upheaval. Um, this must be really a very tough time too in the organization. So, thank you for making the time today to be with me and to talk about your role and your work. I really appreciate it. You know, one of the one of the things you shared with me when I asked you and invited you to be a guest on the show is a mission statement that your team created for you, and I'm going to read it out for the audience. Uh, the mission statement reads: Adapt, react, project, plan, implement, make mistakes, learn, repeat. And I think this is a mantra that is so relevant to the times today. How has the pandemic uh, helped you, uh, you know, uh, or rather how has the pandemic fast forwarded tech adoption in your line of work, in your HR function? And how do you see this mantra working for you today?
1: So this mantra has been a professional philosophy of mine from the beginning. It's, I think everybody needs to understand failure is an option, it's not an outcome, so it's not definite, it's not an end result, it's going to happen. The key is just learning from the failures along the way so we could share that information with colleagues or other departments and figure out how to prevent these things from happening again in the future. As far as the pandemic and our HR functions and adopting technology, I'm going to kind of throw you for a loop here because it's been quite the opposite, actually. So the pandemic has got us to slow down, eliminate a lot of technology, get way more granular and get much more human connections. So technology is great. Technology is a tool. Uh But we've really used from mid-March on to reexamine our processes, everything that we are doing. From some, the moment somebody applies to recruitment marketing, to their experience, to time and stages, uh, we've eliminated using assessments as a data point, and we've just gotten much more granular on the human-to-human connection. So technology actually took a backseat with the pandemic for my team over the past 10, and 10 months and change now.
0: Wow, that's, that's really throwing me for a loop. Uh, so have you fostered <laughs> recruitment through, uh, I guess, one-on-one interviews virtually then instead of using the assessments that you used in the past?
1: So, yes, um, we, we've moved much, we rely more heavily on things like this, a video interview instead of a phone interview. Um, we are still doing insight on-site hiring manager interviews because these are roles where people will be patient-facing. We are in healthcare. So as much as I would love to make everything automated through video, get you on with our hiring partners, have an interview, when when could you come in? It is still, it would be a negative for us to rely on technology and eliminate the human-to-human connection of the interview. Because of who we are and what we do, our atmosphere, our environment, our outpatient settings, the equipment, these are all aesthetic things that are also a selling tool. So when I am a tech and I'm in the world of tech and I get to see the equipment that I'm going to be working with at your facility compared to where I am now, that's something that is creating a bias. It, without a doubt, it's, it's a selling tool for us. So we have gotten much more human approach, but we have not eliminated person to person interviews because it is a requirement of the job. You are still required to come to work. We still have patients to see. Um, it's gotten slower on our interviews, because even as quickly feather in the cap to my team, we are hiring faster than we have the capability to onboard and train. So we are still following social distancing protocols. We will only put six people in a cohort of new hires at once, which really has created a challenge to filling operational gaps, which could address our patient volume needs, get people seen, giving them the healthcare that they need on time. But we still want to do what's right for job seekers, and our current staff by not overflowing our training resources and putting too many people in a room, getting people uncomfortable, which all goes back to the human element.
0: Absolutely. And, and I I really am very enlightened by your insight today because uh, you know we don't think about this right but, uh, especially now because everyone's using all the technology that's available to them to work from home to work remotely but then there's so many industries and jobs especially in the healthcare industry that you can't do that and you know yeah you know there's only so much with telemedicine that you can achieve you still have to go in and and have that Person to person contact, and and uh, you know, you've brought a new perspective to my thinking today. Definitely, (laughs) so thank you for that.
1: Yeah, I've learned a lot over the past ten months. It's also your your patient perception. Patients are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. already coming in. Mm -hmm. They're scared Mm -hmm. because of why they're there in the first place. They're scared because of the pandemic. They don't want that many people in the room, so it's very hard to train a new employee to. It's just everybody is uncomfortable with everything. So, like, it goes back to what we keep talking about adapt, react, project, plan, implement, make mistakes. Like, we have rewritten our onboarding policies and procedures probably 20 times already, just based on the feedback from new hires, from patients, patients being uncomfortable. So, it's been a lot of human connection, yes.
0: Wow. That's, that's a lot of rework, but all good, right? We are, we are really learning, unlearning and learning again. So that's, that's a great way to move forward. So what role do you think your social capital and your connections within the organization have played in generating and incubating new ideas, new technological solutions within your um, function?
1: So internally, department to department, there has been much more collaboration. The silos are gone. There is no more. That's not my job. Everybody has really come together. Again, the human connection, just what is in the best interest of the organization? What is going to be in the best interest of our patients? The marketing team has reached out to me recently saying, we realize we have so many social channels. We have so many different verticals that maybe we should combine everything together. And maybe we understand that a lot of our marketing is geared towards who RadNet is for a patient. But how would you feel if we got involved in employer branding and recruitment marketing? And of course, somebody like me gets very excited about that. I don't need a Radnet Careers Facebook page anymore. Like I could sell TA employer branding on our main page, which has much more eyes. So there's a lot of projects like that that are going on, which has come up from the past 10 months on just what could we all do to be more empathetic and more human?
0: And what's one piece of advice you have for HR professionals who are looking to adopt or learn new technology in the midst of all of this, especially in the healthcare industry?
1: So uh, number one, my mantra, just plan to fail, adapt, react, project, plan, make your mistakes, learn whatever they were and repeat. A new one for me, I will totally credit her. Lori Rudiman has opened my eyes on the pre-mortem when we are... When we are planning on something, let's take a step. Let's think about all the things, all the ways it's going to go wrong and figure out solutions for them. So if and when it comes up, we're ready to react. Um, It it was eye-opening reading her book last week, just the premortem. Everybody does a postmortem. Let's all get together. Let's talk about what we learned, what went wrong. But the idea that no one has ever thought until now to conduct premortems was eye-opening to me.
0: Wonderful. I'm reading her book too. I haven't gotten to that part, but I'm looking forward to it. And I was going to ask you about that phrase that you used in your bio. So thank you for explaining that. That makes sense now. Um, So, you know, in the midst of all this, we've definitely, at least outside of the healthcare industry, started working from home remotely, most of us. And Um, How do you think the HR function can prepare for this increase in remote work and working from home? Uh, Because I think it's here to stay, right? It's not going away.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of organizations need to look internally. There are departments like mine, Talent Acquisition, that is not foreign to working remote. I think some TA leaders have a real genuine opportunity to step up and educate all the service lines that are now reacting and going remote on what it means to lead a remote team. Leading a team that is completely a remote workforce versus brick and mortar setting, you are seeing them day in and day out. It is much harder to get buy-in. in it It's much harder to forge those relationships. You're not seeing them every day. You're not having physical interactions looking at body language. It, it's a lot harder to manage a remote team than it is seeing them. And TA, other departments that are used to being remote, really have a chance to collaborate in-house with all the other departments and really teach people what it means to lead a team and still manage. Because managing and leading are two very different things, but I think TA has a genuine opportunity to really be at the forefront of what what leading a, a remote team looks like.
0: Thank you, that's very insightful that brings us to the question connection section of today's conversation, the fun section. Um, ready?
1: Sure. Let's it.
0: All right. Who is one person you've gained in your network that you think we should all know about in the HR tech world?
1: I want to apologize to many people <laughs> that I may be offending, but I'm going off of recent activity. So I, I have to single out Galen Emmanuel. He has been a beacon of positivity, very aligned with me on behaviors. But more importantly, from scratch for twenty twenty, I wanted to rewrite the self-evaluations of my team, how they self-eval, and what Galen actually taught me called a team happiness survey. So I dropped everything that our organization has used in the past on self-assessment, performance management, and really just rewrote it from scratch. And everything I wrote, he put eyes on, he gave me Very great observational feedback. So, if if anybody needs somebody that they need to reach out to or should be connected with, it is absolutely Galen for now. And I'm apologizing to many other people. Caveat, I'm not offending anybody.
0: No worries. What's your favorite HR podcast?
1: So, again, I'm going to be a, a political response here. There are a lot of great industry related podcasts. So, I don't want to single anyone out. So, for me, I would absolutely go with Finding Mastery, which is by Dr. Michael Gervais. Um, He is a high-performing clinical psychologist who deals with people who are under high-stress, high-pressure situations, professional athletes, Olympians, surgeons. And he is studying where Brene Brown studies the shame and guilt and owning your story. He is really digging into what is in the mindset of these people at the most high-pressure situations and how are they excelling where other humans are not? And what we do in HR and TA is very human related. Human behavior is, is something I'm very into. So finding mastery. And now I don't offend anybody with an HR podcast.
0: <laughs> no, you won't. And I'll link the, you know, that link to the podcast in the show notes for everyone. What's your favorite LinkedIn learning or e-learning webinar series for HR tech or HR?
1: In 2020, I enjoyed Bamboo HR and ERE Digital. And off the top of my head for this year, um, I don't remember the exact date, but March is the HR Tech Conference, which is free and virtual this year. And there's some really great headliners that I'm very excited to be sitting in my computer watching and learning from.
0: Great. And what's one um, way you like giving back to the HR community?
1: Uh Doing things like this, um, I'm into Clubhouse now, just sharing, interacting, mentorship with some people that are out there that want, they know where they want to go in their career, but they're at the very beginning answering questions. Uh, thought-provoking engagement through social channels is one of my favorite things. I like to make people think, question processes that, that, that they're using to see if there is a better way.
0: And given the upheaval of all things work in 2020, what's one workplace trend you think is here to stay?
1: Compensation transparency, without a doubt. I, I, it's going to only get better and better for the job seeker, much more challenging for the employers, but we're no longer going to be able to post job title X is going to pay 10 to $35 an hour. It's just not realistic, or you're not even going to be able to post your job with no compensation information. We need, we need to get equitable, we need to be transparent on top of the fact that there's a, three different job seeking demographics in terms of generations that have no problem talking about how much money they make. It's not taboo anymore to tell your friends what you are being paid.
0: Absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing your insights today. I greatly learned a lot from you today and I'm sure most of what you've said resonates with a lot of our audience as well. How can anyone reach you online if they really want to learn more about your work and, you know, all the different insights that you've presented today?
1: So you can find me by my name, Jeffrey W. Shapiro, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Clubhouse. I am not on Instagram. I don't know why I just never bit the ball, bit, bite the bullet, (laughs) but I am an open networker, um, I am always ready, willing, and able to talk and learn from anybody. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I look forward to bringing you more fantastic global stories of HR professionals leveraging technology in their work. Have a great day.
1: Thank you.